0: in the Bibles of 1 John chapter 2, we are going to continue in verse 24. We've been dealing with the first part of it, and there was so much uh, truth in that. And in fact, let me just read the first part, otherwise we're in the middle of a sentence, aren't we? The Apostle John says that in 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 24, he says, Therefore, and remember again that in the literal it actually means, As for you, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. I'm not going to talk about that. We've talked about it week after week after week. All right. So we looked at all the things that we need to do uh, to abide in the word. And we also looked last week at the reason why because there's power in the word. Amen. Now, moving on, he says, now, if what you heard from the beginning, all right, which is referring to that fixed and unalterable word of God. Did you get that? It doesn't change, okay? If he says if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, the literal text says then you also will abide in the son and the father. In his commentary, Colin G. Cruz writes, "The emphasis evident in the original language can be represented by the following simplified phrase: If the message you hear remains in you, you will remain in the son And the Father. So, what we're doing now is we're starting to see the connection between the Word of God and the fellowship that we have with God. Are you all here? Amen. There is a direct connection between the two, and we need to understand that it is with the Word of God that we can speak to God. See, a lot of times, what what people are doing is they speak to God religiously. Okay, (laughs) let me talk to you for just a minute. First of all, I don't know if you know this, if this comes as a big surprise to you or not, but God doesn't need you to speak Elizabethan English to understand you. <laughs> you don't have to go to God and say, Thus thou sayest." thus. Th- th-. He'll go, can you stop and just talk to me? The Full Life Study Bible says this. He says, they say, I don't know who it is. They said to abandon the original gospel of the New Testament is spiritually fatal and separates one from Jesus Christ and by extension God the Father. What we're going to see is the Apostle John is leading up to something. He's leading up to the place where he's going to say, I am warning you about certain things so that you won't be deceived. All right, when we get to around verse 27, I think that we, we get to there. But the thing is what you need to understand is he's trying to get us to a place where our relationship with God is solid. That the foundation upon which we build that relationship is solid. Sunday got the Roman centurion on my mind. Do you know that Roman centurion, he came to Jesus on behalf of a need that someone else had. He didn't look at his servant and go, well, thank God I'm not sick. You know, you're on your own, Charlie. I mean, he's a servant. This is a centurion. He could have just said, well, as long as I'm well, that's all that matters. And that's how a lot of people think. But see, he he went out of his way to obtain a blessing for someone that was under him. Are you with me? And he was willing to go all the way out to Jesus. And... Boy, I tell you, you know what's so exciting about the Roman centurion? He was a Gentile. And not only that, he was a centurion, which means he was the furthest thing from anything ministry that you can think of. The guy was killing for a living. (laughs) Okay, listen to me. And he, to him, Jesus says, I have not found so great faith, not in all of Israel. So please don't come and tell me, well, brother, you're in the ministry, I'm out in the world, I can't have the kind of faith you do, (laughs) or I just sunk your boat right now. (laughs) Amen? And you know what all that's based on? God's Word. If you have the Word of God in your heart, you will have the right relationship with Him, you will talk to Him in ways, in fact... Let me just say this to you. What you'll do is open up yourself to hear from him things that you would never expect to hear from him. I don't know the number of times that I've been praying and God will tell me something surprising. Do you know why? See, this is, I am not making this stuff up. People think you go into the prayer room and talk to yourself. I don't. I wish I'd probably, (laughs) the thing is, you know, because God's very challenging. Can I just say that? You know, he'll bring to mind things and you're doing. But God, I don't want it. He goes, "You need to you need to deal with that. You need to overcome that. You you know, all those things happen." Amen. Yes. But understand something. Once that happens, you're on your way. He, he won't talk to you about things over and over again. Have you noticed yes. if you if you think he is, that's just you now. Yes. Amen. Anyway, let's move on. Hallelujah. Add it to this. Simon J. Kissimarko also writes, he says, The Son and the Father take up their residence where the Word of God resides. i got to say that again. Are you ready? The Son and the Father take up residence, I'll give you a scripture verse for this, where the Word of God abides or resides. Through the Word, the Son and the Father have fellowship with the believer and are able to communicate with him or her. Jesus says, John chapter 14, verse 23. This is an incredible verse. John 14, 23. He says, if anyone loves me, now listen, they will keep my, my word. Let's stop there for a minute. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my word. How much do you love him? How much are you keeping his word? To keep his word, you've got to know his word. Is that like a big leap? No? Okay, did you get that? Okay? <laughs> yeah? People say, Well, I don't need to read the Bible, I just keep the word. How? What what do you keep? If you don't, you know, and I'm not talking about reading it every day religiously. Please don't do that stuff. You know, if you just have a moment just to open your Bible, find a scripture, find one. Don't have to read the whole book, okay? Just find something that speaks to you and let that word abide in you. You know, take it with you. The best thing you can do is take something with you from your prayer time. Don't leave it all behind and then go into the world. Why why do you do that? Don't do that. Don't go out naked. Do you hear me? Take the word with you. It might be a simple thing. It might be one single word. It might be a, a you know, a verse. I know people say, well, you need to memorize this and memorize that. Listen, family, one thing I've realized is, if you just think about something, you'll remember it. You know, don't try to memorize anything. It'll automatically find its way into your brain. It is amazing how I can recall things just because of use. And it's interesting how I forget things when I don't use them. Have you found that out? Amen. It's one way of finding out how much you... Anyway, we won't go there. All right, so, (laughs) verse 23 again, it says, If anyone loves me, they will keep my word. Now, this is where the Apostle John got this, As for you, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. You all understand? Amen? And he's saying, listen, If anyone loves me, they will keep my word. Now watch, he says, And my Father will love them. See, so much of the time, people are looking for the love of God in their life. Seriously, okay? Because... You can get through a lot of things in your life if you know somebody loves you. Can I say that? The the, the person that has the biggest problem is the one that doesn't know somebody loves them. They think they're on their own. And that's what the enemy tries to do so much of the time is isolate people. Get them thinking that they're just on their own. There's nobody that loves them. And they'll use... And see, this is how the enemy works. He'll do something. He'll get you to do something that causes you to fall... And then he'll, he'll let people know, and he'll, sort of say, he'll use that to condemn you. He'll say, well, how can anybody love you when you're this way? Who knows what I'm talking about? You know? And so he starts to do that. And so people, so much of the time, you know the ones, and it's really sad, but people that you know, commit suicide and, and things like that, harm themselves, are people that don't realize that they're loved. They just think they're on their own. And this is why this is such a powerful thing that we understand. And Jesus says that. He says, if anyone loves me, they'll keep my word and my Father will love them. You loving Jesus, keeping his word, gets the Father's love into your life. The Father loves you. What happens when the Father loves you? Remember what happened when when, you know Jesus at one point in time, he was ministering. And he said, listen, don't worry about things in your life. And he said something really interesting. He said, the Father knows what you have need of. Amen? Even before you ask. That's what the Father's love is all about. That he knows before you ask what you have need of. If you know he loves you, then you know there's a solution already on its way. Are you with me? Uh, You know, on top of, he'll forgive you. Can I get amen on that? Amen? All right. And so that's why, you know... We begin to understand now why Jesus says, or the Apostle John, excuse me, says, that let this abide in you, that which you heard from the beginning. He's saying this is the doorway to all of your blessings. This is the doorway for God to get involved in your life. And this is the doorway for you to be in God himself. That is a safe place to be. Amen? Because if you are there, then the enemy can't get at you. You see, that's the, that, that is the, the biggest problem, I think, in the body of Christ today, is that, you know, the, that's what the Bible says, my people are destroyed, or God says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, because they don't know to come to Him. And watch, this is, this is incredible, and we will come to them and make our home with them. So do you see the other side of this as well? So as you abide in the Word... Not only do you abide with the Father and the Son, but Jesus says also the Father and the Son will come and abide with you. Amen. I think that's pretty awesome. Amen? Alright, so First John chapter 2, moving on now to verse 25. Now it's very interesting, the transition. So he says, if what you heard from the beginning, the latter half of verse 24, abide in you, you also, uh, uh, you also will abide in the Son and the Father. And then verse 25 says, and this is the promise that he has promised us, Eternal life. Now this is really interesting. We go from having the Father in our life, the Father and the Son in our life, from having God in our life to having eternal life. Did you see that? And I want you to see, there's, there's a connection here I want you to see, okay? In other words, all those who let that original message remain in them, okay, are promised nothing less than eternal life. Now remember again that the Apostle John began this epistle by describing Jesus Christ as the word of life. I'm going to read these verses. That eternal life which was with the Father. This is in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Remember how it all began. He said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. It's it's the different ways of saying, I know what I'm talking about. I've had first-hand experience, literally, first-hand, okay? All right, okay. He says, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Isn't it interesting that the word of God is always associated with life? Let me preach to you on this for just one minute. Make sure that when somebody preaches to you, it brings life. Not bondage. Not death in any way or form. Amen? It is a word of life. Do you know God came to give us life? In fact, Jesus said, I've come to give them life and life more abundantly. Amen? And so, everything we minister, that's why it should be, you know, Christ should be in the very center of it. Because He came to give us that abundant life. What we call full life. Amen? And, let me continue. It says, verse 2, The life was manifested, and we have seen... And bear witness and declare to you, listen, that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That tells us, notice he says that eternal life that was manifested. Wow. So it's telling us something that Jesus Christ is eternal life. Therefore, if you receive Jesus, what do you receive? Eternal life. Do you get the connection now? That's why there's no eternal life Without Christ, because he is the carrier of eternal life. He is eternal life. Do you understand now why the Apostle John says, let that abide in you? Because the word that abides in you is life and should be bringing life and you should be brimming with life. And if you are not, means you have a, a you know, your, your word tank is low. Can I, say, can I say it that way? You need to fill up, okay? You need to go find the word and pump it up. Put that word back in your heart. How do you do that? Meditate. I've taught you all of this now. Okay? Start thinking about it. Spend some time meditating on it. Now, you can do that in the middle of a hundred other things. I know I do that constantly. You might think, well, that's hard. Learn. Okay? Listen, man, you can do this. You can multitask. I don't care if you're male or female, you can do it. Amen. All right? Yes, we do have the mind of Christ. So whatever our deficiencies are in the natural, there is a spiritual answer. Amen? And it's there for all of us. All right. So <clears throat> let's move on here. He says, he's, notice again, that this eternal life is Jesus Christ. And he says it was manifested. Is I think that is... incredible when you think about life itself manifesting Emmanuel God with us eternal life with us can you understand now why he healed them all He, he didn't criticize them all he healed them all do you know why that's what eternal life does I said this to you before, do you know the way God sees you is the way he made you or made us in Genesis chapter 1. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Unlike everything else that we have created, let's make them in our image after our likeness. Are you getting this? So man, was, and, and then he said, let them have dominion. Over what? Over everything else that was made. Because these ones are made in our image after our likeness. Amen. I didn't make something to move on a chessboard and go, oh, you're dead. I'm sorry about that. That's not having dominion. <laughs> okay. That's, just, that's literally being a pawn, okay? You weren't made that way. People, you know, all kinds of religions preach that, but that's so, that is the furthest thing from the truth. Do you know why they do that? Do you know why the devil uses religion to do that? So that you become ineffective. You don't realize the image and likeness that you are made in, and you will not exercise any power, listen, to correct things. So that he can get away with literally murder. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Amen. And the more you begin to realize the authority that you have. The more you will step into this and you will begin to speak things out. I, mean, I don't know how many times I've just seen something. See... Even when you're watching TV and stuff, don't let us have depress you. If, if it does, turn it off. Okay, I'm just saying. All right? <laughs> There's a little switch in. Okay. All right? <laughs> but but if, you, if you can manage it, if you see something, please don't think, well, what, you know, what good is it for me to say or do anything? They're so far away. I'm over here. In God, there is no time or distance. You need to ask yourself just one question. If you were standing right there, what would you do? You know, bless God and pray. Good. There's your answer. Pray. (laughs) Okay? Just pray. You don't have to do anything. Remember again, I told you, you know, I love the story of, uh, you know, Jesus turning the water into wine. There are so many truths in that. But one of the greatest truths that, that came out of that for me was Our job is to fill the pots. It is God's job to turn it into wine. See, is it hard to fill a pot with water? No! Unless you're lazy. That I can't help you with, okay? All right? But, But we need to understand something. God doesn't expect us to turn it into wine. He simply says, fill the pot. He says, just pray. You pray. I'll do the miracle, but you need to pray. Did you notice Jesus didn't fill the pot? Interesting, isn't it? That's our job. See, we get to play a part in it. That's why it says, you know, nobody knew except the servants. They knew what actually went on. They were like, whoa. And the guy that's drinking the wine going, what is your problem? You know, his little bubbles came out, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it was the end of the night, you know, and he was going, well, you know, normally the servant, really bad stuff right now, but this is really good. Hello, <laughs> okay. But the servants got in on it. You don't think they had some conversations that night? Huh? Like, did you see that? Wow. Like, wow. Let me say it backwards. Wow. <laughs> it's just, Wow. Water, wine. We should get in. You know, we should go to, into business with this guy, man. Get a label. You know, call it holy wine. Let's go for it. You know this stuff ought to be. Man. Okay, my bad. But you know, what I'm trying to say. See, we don't realize that when we pray, all we do, we say, "Okay, God, I am doing my part. I am opening the door for you." Now you do your part. That's it. You know why you won't do it? Because you don't realize that you were made in the image and likeness of God, that you were given dominion, and that what you say matters and will change things. Amen? Five minutes. Okay. Therefore, because Jesus Christ. He is himself, eternal life. He can promise us, we'll finish with this today because I'm out of time and I don't want to get into the next part. He can promise us that same eternal life, which is exactly what he did in John 3.16. See, we so read these things and don't always get it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What? That whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him. Not somebody who has a religious experience, whoever believes in him. Let me stop for a minute. There are a lot of people today that do believe in Him. They may not say it out loud, but they believe in Him. Don't you think you know where they're going when they die? Listen to me. You don't know how many old people out there believe in Him. They may not say anything, but they do believe in Him. Amen? just want to say that as we move. <laughs> she says, whoever believes in Let me also say this. There are a lot of people going to church don't believe in Him. They just believe in being on a, you know, a, a, what do you call it, on a deacon seat or whatever. That They're vying for a position. You know what I call deacon-possessed churches? Okay, <laughs> right? You know, the, all they want to do is, is, is be there in a, in a place of authority. Where do we see this with the Pharisees? You know, they like the high seats and they want to be seen and... Jesus said, You are of your father, the devil. Right. Isn't that incredible? So don't you. One more thing. <laughs> this brought something up to mind. Isn't it interesting that. Remember the, the, the two people that went up to pray? Right. I know. <laughs> the two people that went up to pray. Remember, one was a tax collector and a Pharisee. Notice what one did. One said, God, I'm a sinner beat his chest what did the pharisee do you know what he didn't do he didn't repent he you know what he did he judged that tax collector that whoever that person was and remember whenever we judge when we pass judgment that way it's a sin so do you understand that in prayer, the Pharisees sinned <laughs> okay, <laughs> while well, the tax collector received forgiveness? Did you get that? A religious person committed a sin right when they were praying. That's why Jesus said one went home justified, the other didn't. Which means one was made righteous again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness but if we don't think we've sinned and we think we're better than everybody else then we carry our sin in and back out nothing is forgiven in fact you're in a worse state than when you first went in we need to see some of these things family and those are sort of people that are that are on boards that are in you know church boards and stuff and then you wonder why the church isn't following God you wonder why everything is such a big struggle Because God's not in that. Are you all here? Amen? Anyway, getting back to this and finishing. (laughs) Jesus says again, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him, these are with the right heart, should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. And that life was yours the moment you made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. I'm going to finish with a quote with I. Marshall saying that there is something to be said for the view that John is explaining that the experience of remaining in the Son and the Father is precisely eternal life available here and now. Amen. Amen. Amen? Hallelujah. Do you know you are living in that life right now? Eternal life is yours now. You don't have to wait to get it. It is yours now. Live with that in mind. Amen. See that's why the devil cannot defeat us. If we die, we go we just continue living. We never really die. We just have to kind of leave our body behind. That's not such a bad thing for some people. <laughs> you know? Oh thank God. Got that thing off of me. So you know what? It's victory one way or the other. And we need to... See, that's why of all people, we should be people that kind of can look danger and anything in the eye and go, do your best. Either way, I win. Either way. Hallelujah. But, you know, we're learning the epistles of John so that we know how to stay in this earth and win. (laughs) Okay? That we're not going to get taken out before our time. When is my time? When you decide... Amen. I pray that I get you to a place of faith that you can decide when you want to go home because it should be your decision. It shouldn't be sickness, disease, or anything else that makes a decision for you. Amen. Amen. We should just say goodbye. It's like going on vacation. You know, you get to a lot of 140 or something and you think, yeah, it'll do. Yeah. And you say, you know what, kids? Come on over. I'm going home today. Let's have a big meal and celebrate and everything. We'll dance, we'll sing, we'll do all that stuff. And then I'm going. Say, so can you really do that? People have done that. Exactly that. And said goodbye. And they just flopped. They're gone. That's it. You know, I keep saying, we should have that Klingon philosophy, you know. Do what you want with the body. You know, he's gone. <laughs> you know? It doesn't really matter. We should be the you know, we shouldn't be those people that are throwing ourselves on the casket. Oh dear, they're, they're not there. They're somewhere else. You're making a scene. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you know? Did you change religions? I know I'm out of time. Okay. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> Let's have every head back. I'm not gonna quit otherwise. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you today for your word. And we just thank you, Father, for all the wisdom inside revelation that we have received. Father.